Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and special VIP co-hosts. Join in on a great conversation today with one of the world's great influencers as they showcase the latest tricks and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso and his co-host. Welcome to the Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. We have a full house today with some amazing guests. Today's Spotlight interview is with Ken Chirto. U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. And joining me today as my VIP co-host is the international empowerment speaker, Cynthia Mazzaferro. Cindy is a motivational empowerment speaker, international award winner, and number one best-selling author. She's also an energy, medical, Reiki master, and powerful beyond measure life coach. More about Cindy at CynthiaMazzaferro.com. And that's M-A-Z-Z-A-F-E-R-R-O.com. Hello and welcome, Cindy. Hello, Tony. I'm very excited to be here and we have a wonderful guest coming on today. Well, thank you. And once again, I am so glad to have you on the spotlight as my co-host. This is going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. I've traveled down some of these athletic roads too, so it'll be very interesting hearing from our expert Olympian. Very cool. And I've got some great questions. To ask. And for our Spotlight audience, you are listening to the Spotlight where we focus on highlighting stars, greats, and game changers. If you're a fit, we want your interview on the Spotlight. We broadcast every Friday at 1 p.m., so please set your calendar to hear from the world's elite. And you can catch every episode of the Spotlight on my mobile app. Just go to tonydurso.com slash mobile from your Android or iPhone. Once it loads, past episodes of the Spotlight will automatically appear in column one. And column two is my other weekly show highlighting elite entrepreneurs called Revenue Chat. All right. Today we set the stage for the Spotlight to chat with Ken Chirto, U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. And for our audience, Ken is an award-winning wrestler. Some of his stats, three times academic All-American, three times NCAA All-American, two times junior national champion, two times junior world champion, Olympic festival champion, and the Midlands champion. And in college, among many victories, Ken is the national dual meet champion of Penn State. And also, as a TV analyst, Ken is the Pac-12 Network, Big Ten Network, and CBS College Sports Expert Analyst. And he's also voted as Broadcaster of the Year by the National Wrestling Media Association. Quite some accomplishments. Welcome to the spotlight, Ken. Hello. Good to be on board. Thank you. And you know, it is such an honor to have you join us. And I just want to thank you again. I know we've tried a few times. I truly appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the spotlight. Uh, Thank you, Tony and Cindy. I'm excited to visit with you and talk to your audience. Well, excellent. And first things first, Ken, I did say a little bit about you, but I would just love to know, can you please share with us, how did it all start for you? Oh, wow. Well, it started in Chicago, Illinois suburbs, uh, Palatine, when I was in elementary school. My mom and dad didn't know anything about wrestling, but they heard a local YMCA was offering a beginner's class. She took me to it. Thank goodness for mother, because I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought there was going to be turnbuckles for WWF, not WWE. And uh, it worked out well. I wasn't very good at first, but I 
did fall in love with the fighting and exercising. And I, I found a passion for fitness and learning the wrestling techniques and just steadily, slowly and surely over the years improved. I was not a natural born wrestler. It took many years just to get to average. Uh, but once I hit middle school and started winning some matches and started doing well, I just fell in love with it and started doing it year round. So that's kind of the nutshell of it all. Very cool. Very interesting story. And we're going to ask quite a bit about that. But now I'm going to turn it over to Cindy, who's just aching to ask a few questions. Well, Ken, this is really exciting. I had a son who actually went to the Olympic trials and he missed making the Olympics by less than a point from one of the diving. He was actually in the platform and he was also a gymnast. And so I'm dying to hear as your parents took you to all these meets and, you know, all through your elementary and high school years, what were some of the foundational beliefs that your parents and coaches really brought into your training? What, was, what did you carry with you even into your adult age? Well, first of all, kudos to you for helping your child get to the, the Olympic level and make it to the Olympic trials and excel. I mean, you know how many gyms you went to, whether it's diving, gymnastics, and other sports, it's just a big commitment. And I'd say I'm thankful that my parents were just willing to take me wherever I need to go, whether it was wrestling, soccer, baseball, tennis, all the many sports I played as a elementary school, middle school student athlete. Um, I'm just grateful for my parents' support. I think the, the biggest thing I got from my parents is the emphasis on education and pursuit of knowledge. Uh, they were not jocks. My dad's a doctor. He's an endocrinologist, graduated from the University of Illinois and taught at med school there. And He's just a scientist, geeky uh, intellectual and uh, I really studied hard in school, and I, once I realized I liked wrestling, I, I became a very avid student of the sport, paid attention to detail, and just made a commitment to continuing to improve steadily. So I'd say my parents were just very supportive and very committed to education and provided me with opportunities. And you can relate as an athlete's mom, you know, the big commitment you have to make as a parent. So few parents are, are willing to go the extra mile and take their kids places and to invest time and money in getting their needs because it, it's not simple and it's not cheap to excel in sports. It takes a lot of extra commitment. You're right. It did take a lot of extra commitment, but I was one of those parents that absolutely loved it. I loved pursuing it with my ch my son, both sons. I had a swimmer and then the gymnast and diver, but it also really took such time commitment from the athlete, from you, and you know that as well. And my sons also had, had to have balance. You know, they excelled in academics as well. But, you know, I wanted to, to share with you the three C's that I always encouraged my children to live by, and they were consistency, courage, and confidence. And I know as we talk about your training classes that you have, you know, whether it's the winter one or the spring break training classes, that I'm sure there's, you talk about skills that you bring into that and philosophy. So what are some of the skills that you bring into those training camps? Well, I'd say for starters, I'd reiterate your three C's right there, consistency, courage, and confidence. That's all about what sports brings about for children and, and teenagers. I mean, to be, to be successful, you have to be consistent in your preparation. You have to be courage. And have, you have to be brave to be willing to not fear failure. And, you know, you build self-confidence over time. Specifically to my programs, and as wrestling specific, I really emphasize making it fun. Uh, to be successful at wrestling, it takes a decade of commitment over time to reach the highest levels in high school and college and Olympics. In my case, you have to enjoy what you're doing. So I, I really try as a coach to make the sport fun, make teaching the moves fun, make help the kids learning it, make it fun, and even make the training fun with some diversity and variety. And then, you know, once you hook the 
students on the enjoyment of the sport, help kids fall in love with our sport, develop a passion for the sport. Then you work to cultivate the intensity. Sometimes the difference between good and great is that consistent intensity day in, day out in the practice, making the most of not just every practice, but every moment, every second of every practice. So I'd say the couple things that stand out for me would be making practice fun, making our sport fun, helping kids develop passion. And then ultimately, when you're going from good to great at the teenage level, the high school, college level, and I'm, I coach college full-time now at Queens University of Charlotte, and I have a lot of good wrestlers to help them get great. They have to develop consistent intensity. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Tony, I don't know if you realize that even Walt Disney actually had five C's that he lived by. My three, which I didn't know, and I always made chocolate chip cookies, which was great. <laughs> but his other two were constancy and creativity. And I think all of these C's really can actually impact our life, not just our sport. And I know we'll be talking about that later on. Very cool, Cindy. And I would say that the chocolate chip cookies would be the, the number one C <laughs> on my list every day to make sure, right? <laughs> well, I used to always bring them to our meet because that was just a consistent way for them to remember the C's when they were young and thinking, I have to believe in myself. I have to have that confidence and courage and be consistent throughout the event, you know, the preparation and the execution. Very cool, Cindy. You're such a good mom. Very cool on your son and, and what you've done for your family on that. Very cool. Ken, we all love champions when our favorite team or our favorite athlete wins. We jump up, we scream. We don't even know that we had it in us. And all of a sudden we're overcome and we're just like, yeah, yeah. And you've won so many champions. Could you please take us through perhaps one of your more memorable moments, please? Well, I, I could call on my college or Olympic days, but for me, really the most memorable moment was when I won my first high school state championship. You know, you're younger. It's so important. It's so special. You, you go through elementary and junior high dreaming about becoming a state champion when you grow up and go to high school. So for me, the preparation, the journey, getting there, I can remember back in middle school watching the high school state tournament and picturing myself on the center stage, you know, competing for a state championship in the finals in front of everybody. And uh, when I got, I got to the state finals as a sophomore, and I was so close, and I lost, and it was just devastating. I was so sad and uh, mad at myself. And just the next 365 days was the largest commitment I ever made to something in my life. And uh, when I won the state championship as a junior, it was the culmination of, you know, a lot of year-round wrestling throughout middle school and high school. And definitely the last 365 days, I mean, I'm sure I worked out more than 500 times. I literally – did two days most of the year and uh, it just paid off. And it was an incredible feeling that'll just memories of a lifetime for me. That is so inspiring. Just hearing that I'm, I'm feeling it, whether it's through osmosis or uh, vicariously here, I'm just feeling that energy and you went the extra mile twice a day working out and doing that. You're so committed. That's incredible. And you know, I I've spoken to, uh, I've had a couple of sports greats on our show as well and a couple have talked about visualization and visualizing everything including the winning and how it was going to be and I, i'm very curious can you say did does visualize or actually the better question is did visualization play a part in your winning your championships absolutely tony and you can definitely relate cindy can relate as a mother of a diver i would think a diver has to 
visualize the minutia of their moves is they have those just whatever two to three seconds it takes to hit the water and it goes through their mind over and over so for me a couple things that stand out in my mind when i when i was in fifth sixth seventh grade sugar ray leonard and muhammad ali would become worldwide legends and i would shadow box all the time and follow them and picture myself you know boxing and being like sugar ray leonard fast and muhammad ali and just i would go through the shadow boxing routine and that was visualization then when i got into eighth and ninth grade and I was exposed to some elite coaches and we talked about visualization. You'd see yourself doing things. I was able to call on those shadow boxing skills and relate them to wrestling. So I started in my wrestling journey on my runs. I do my visualization while I was running. So if I'd go for a three mile run, those 20 minutes or whatever it would take, I'd be picturing myself hitting moves, dominating people, excelling. Like I mentioned watching the state tournament in middle school. I literally remember going for a run that night I was in my hometown. When I got home, I went for a run and was visualizing a picture in it. And then taking that to the next level, uh, what I call shadow drilling, and it's basically like shadow boxing, you're shadow wrestling. And I constantly visualize my moves. There's a man named Dan Gable, who's a legend in our sport. He was an Olympic gold medalist. He's an undefeated NCAA champion for many years. Uh, lost his final match of college. But in any case, he wrote an article when I was in high school about the value of shadow drilling. And I embrace that concept. So the short answer to your question, Tony, is yes, absolutely. And as a world, you know, an elite coach, not just of wrestling, but in sports in general, it's commonly accepted that the elite athletes in all different sports, visualization is a powerful, powerful tool for training and to maximize the success level. And I would take that another step and say beyond sports. Tony, you and Cindy are involved in the business world and motivating people and it's interviewing people that are earning large income in our society. And I would think whether it's sports or business or anything else, you have to visualize, you set goals and you see yourself at achieving them. And that is a big part of sports visualization as well. Very interesting and very, very cool. And there's a question I want to ask you about boxing. But first, I'd love to ask Cindy for her input on visualization. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro joining me as co-host. Just ahead, we continue the chat with Ken Cherto, U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. As the spotlight with Tony D'Urso continues to grow with a very large audience, new sponsor opportunities are now available. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with stars, greats, and game changers? Would you like to see your brand on a high-profile show that's downloaded thousands of times each episode? Would you like to see your brand promoted to my extensive social media network reaching millions of impressions? If so... Let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com, and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? 
find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with Ken Cherto. U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. Ken has found success at all levels of competition, both as a competitor and a coach. After winning two state championships and outstanding wrestler awards, Ken culminated his prep career by winning junior nationals in both freestyle and Greco and the junior world championship. All right, and now back to the chat with Ken. Well, Tony, as you know, I'm a very big component of you know, visualization, positive energy, and how that can create a huge power within ourselves that creates and, and manifests and, and produces results that are even exceeding our limited mind production, if you will. And so often our mind limits us, as you know, Ken and um, Tony. And so often, even when we visualize you know, we need to do that. And yes, my son did that. You know, he had to visualize three and a half twists and two and a half somersaults and pike all hitting that water at 35 miles an hour in 3.2 seconds and getting that all done. It's like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? And so visualization is really important, but I think it's so important, Ken, if we could just talk about a little bit more, because I think it's really so important because visualization without believing in what you're visualizing will not produce results. And and a better way to say that is, if I visualize I'm going to live in the White House and I don't really believe that, it's not going to come true. So what we visualize has to be something that's really tangible. Um, And I don't want to say realistic because we limit our realism, but something that you're working and ready to work and put the energy to and to positively experience what those emotions would be. So when you visualize winning that state, championship you visualize what would it feel to be at the top because you remembered the year before where you missed it by just the slightest margin so visualization can be so powerful but it can have negative implications as well if you don't visualize and really encapsulate all the emotional and the other feelings that go with it do you agree ken oh of course yeah and i think what you said you have to believe in yourself it has to be realistic I, I often am telling my athletes, think positively, believe in yourself. You know, and that comes after or along the lines with setting goals. I mean, you set small goals and you set the larger goals of being state champion, all-American in college, being NCAA champion, Olympic champion. You set goals along the way. So, yeah, you have to have realistic goals that you can buy into and you 
believe in your heart and soul that you can achieve them. I think two types of visualization, one being the task, the achievement, you know, visualizing yourself performing and winning, you know, elite, your elite championships, your goals, whether that's county championship, state or anything else. Then the other is more specific skill visualization. And uh, as an athlete, I did both. And as a coach, I encourage my athletes to do both. And they're, they're a little bit different. Something else you said about feeling, you know, how you feel. Sometimes I call visualization feelization because it's not just what you're seeing in your mind, but you almost feel it through your body, especially for sports, that you're achieving those goals. Maybe for beyond sports, when you think about business, it's not as much feeling. It's more of just a specific goals, going after things, believing in yourself, picture yourself, achieving them. But for sports, it's definitely a feelization, whether it's wrestling, diving, or anything else. I'll take a simple, I don't know, I use the word simple, <laughs> I joke, but golf is not as, there's not as much flipping and flopping like diving or wrestling. Golf's a simple sport. You have to, you have to picture that perfect stroke though. So it's obviously not simple. Everybody would just do it all the time, but to perfect it, you have to feel your body, all parts of your body going through that perfect swing. And it takes a lot of repetition physically as well as mentally. It is. And I love that you brought up the micro, um, benchmarks and and you call them like the workouts, the skills. And I think that's so applicable, even into our lives. We often um, want the ultimate goal, you know, whether it's a promotion. Well, to get that promotion, that means you need to step up your game during work, you know. So you have to be more involved in weekly activities, come to the table with new innovative ideas, work harder, stay, you know, later, maybe come in earlier, be more of a team leader. So all of these things, and we're not just talking about sports here, because I think sports and the skill sets that we learn from sports can be definitely applied to our work and our living experience. And so I, I love that you brought that up because, you know, our finish, our final destination, the ultimate goal, like getting in the Olympics and then having gold, which, by the way, congratulations, that's enormous feat and really so happy for you to achieve that. But as you know, once you reach that, life doesn't end. You know, there's another goal. There's another aspect. We have cycles and, and beginnings and rhythms. And so I love that you bring up the importance of these skills that get us to achieve a greater success within ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and ultimately, nobody's going to make a living in sports. You, you use sports as part of your education. I have a slogan for my wrestling camp. I say, wrestling, training for the rest of your life. And that can easily be just said as athletics training for the rest of your life. Here at Queens University, where I'm at, we're a Division II school. So it's not like we're sending guys to the professional sports much. It's mostly you're here for school, you're here for sports, you want to be the best you can be. But ultimately, we are training for life and we're using athletics as a vehicle to train for life. I mean, I remember my coaches so much more than my teachers. No disrespect to my teachers, they did well. But my coaches had such a larger impact on not just my wrestling, but my life, my future, my ambitions, my, my goal-setting skills and everything. They impact you so well. So the athletics and the coaches who come in touch with you, whether that's Little League or college coaches and anywhere in between, they just have such a powerful impact on not just your wrestling or sports, but your life after your career. Right. And just to turn this over to Tony, one thought I think would be a good thing to, to go into is, Ken, how, how important do you feel it is that we need to encourage the individual to do these aspirations, these goal settings, to bring greatness to themselves, not because they want to get their parents to see them 
or to have their coach love them. It's really important that I believe that we encourage the kids to have fun and to see their own greatness where they can use these skills in, you know, in the life in general, not just through sports. But do you find that that's often a, a part that these athletes come to you and they're, they're trying to look for recognition and satisfy or feel more respected by others if they achieve success? I don't know. In my sport, I think the boys and girls who do it at young ages, they like the challenge. They, yeah, they like the satisfaction. They like the feeling of being successful and earning respect. But I find for me personally, definitely, and for many successful athletes, it's the challenge you know, setting goals, working towards them, whether small, medium, or large goals, and just achieving them. And it makes you feel good. And the the physicalness of our sport, it is just a great workout. Anybody feels great after a workout. You just keep improving through that process, the process of constantly working to improve. Well, I so agree. I know, Tony, that you've, you know, been in sports much of your life. Yes, and I, I will admit I've never won any world championship <laughs> or anything like that. I've done some martial arts and the mindset, the grueling, tedious attention to details, the the perseverance and persistence. I can only imagine what it takes to get into the actual Olympics. Let's address that here for a moment. Do you think it's harder to make it in the Olympics than win a world champion? Because I seem to think the Olympics is a more coveted status to be in it, as well as, of course, to get a medal. Could you please share with us how you made it there and tell us a little how that how that experience was for you, please. Yeah, well, definitely making it to the Olympics is a once in a lifetime experience. So many people some come so close. I mean, there's a lot of parity. You got to win a lot of close matches to make the U.S. Olympic team. And it's, it was the culmination of over a decade of year-round commitment. Fortunately, I did make it when I was young. I was the youngest member of the team when I made it. I was 21. I made the 1988 Olympic team in Seoul, South Korea. I was a junior at Penn State. It was just an incredible opportunity, an incredible feeling. And uh, to answer your question specifically, you have to go through a regional trial, then a national trial, and there's the final trial. So it's three stages. I won 21 matches over the course of six weeks um, in those three tournaments. And uh, I defeated a a guy that was a three-time NCAA champion named Jack Kubo. I defeated a two-time NCAA champion who had been in the previous Olympics named Joe Gonzalez. And uh, these were some of the men that, in my particular case, were actually they were expect they were the first two seeds, and I was able to defeat those both of them, uh, two matches in a row actually, both of them to climb the ladder and make the Olympic team. So it was uh, a lot of preparation physically, but also mentally and technically. I studied a lot of video. You know, we started off this conversation talking about my parents and emphasis on education and studies and attention to detail, and I did those things. You know, so I'm. I'm not just, I'm not a great world-class gifted athlete so much as I have paid my dues in wrestling to be the very best wrestler I can be. Physically tough, great shape, great technique, but also smart technically and tactically. And uh, I made those, I made that video study pay off many times over to make our Olympic team. And uh, it's videotape has revolutionized sports. If you look at the, the amount of studies to go into football plays or NBA plays, even these baseball players, they go back to the locker room after every at-bat and study the pitcher, study their at-bat, pitcher, study the hitters. And videotape has literally revolutionized sports. So when VHS became popular in the 80s and then VHS transferred to DVD in the late 80s, 90s, now we got computer video everywhere. 
I mean, technology is just incredible. It's revolutionized sports, it's revolutionized business. Look what we're doing here. We're having a, an electronic interview that people can see worldwide and study and learn from and hopefully gain some inspiration, education from. And this technology is just amazing. Thanks, Ken. Yes, absolutely. And where we've gone is crazy. But I'm going to take it one more level. Not only did you win your championships, you've made it into the Olympics, but then you turned around, you coach youth. This is the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Just ahead, we're going to find out more from Ken Cherto, U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Is it true that a majority of new businesses fail? Check this out. In order to have a successful growing business, there are some vital points that you must know. You must have worked them out thoroughly. They must be synchronized with each other and all employees, consultants, and companies that you depend on must know these items and be in agreement with them if your new business is to meet with a high percentage of success. Get it free. The Vision Map. Beat the odds for business success at TonyDurso.com slash vision. Learn how to establish your vision, purpose, long-term objective, and master plan, including strategic and tactical planning. Get the vision map. Beat the odds for business success at TonyDurso.com slash vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Listening to the Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now back to the Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on the Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with Ken Cierto. U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. While studying and training at Penn State, Ken was a three-times NCAA All-American, World Espoir champion, that's E-S-P-O-I-R, Pan-American champion, and 1988 U.S. Olympian. Ken also excelled in the classroom as he became a three-time academic All-American 
graduating with a 3.6 GPA. All right, back to the chat with Ken. And you've taken many people through champions. Could you tell us about what that takes to actually now make a champion from someone? Well, like I said, I like wrestling to be fun. So my just summarizing, I, I started off right out of college coaching at college. I coached Ohio State for a few years. I coached Penn State for a couple of years. And I was engrossed in those programs as a lead assistant and recruiter. And I was still training. I trained through for another four years to make another Olympic team. It was my goal. And I was the alternate four years later. I lost the very finals. It was heartbreak. But in any case, during that time, I was working in college. I was coaching college. I was starting to build up my camps. I had a youth wrestling club. So I wasn't just 24 and 7 training. I was doing a lot of things. And uh, I really fell in love with coaching. I enjoyed college coaching a great deal. However, as my camps were growing, I found myself really enjoying working with kids. I also wanted to have kids myself. My wife and I decided it was time to start a family. So I walked away from college coaching at Penn State, my alma mater, and just went full-time into building a wrestling camp system, the gold medal training camp system. And the, the key was the coaching and keeping it fun and educating my athletes. But I also organized the business and I used the lessons of you know, sports and I applied them to life and successful camp administration and organizing good camps with surrounding myself with good assistant coaches and staff. And I built the largest camp system for wrestling in the world and have continued to do it now 20 years plus later while continuing to also coach college here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Phenomenal. And you know, your energy, your enthusiasm, your love for this, your drive, it just comes through so strong in this interview. Amazing what you've done. Absolutely amazing. Ken, you know, I really would love to ask your expertise on, you've experienced so much success in your life and, and that's such a powerful place. And, and even my son, when he was a state champion, NCAA champion, you know, his coach always said, there's only one place to go when you're at the top. You can't stay there forever. So my question to you is when you experience difficulties and struggles in your personal life, you know, how do you handle that? Because we can't always be at the top. And, and so many of our listeners have goals and aspirations, but we sometimes fall short of what we originally think is defined as success. Well, I'll tell you, as an athlete, it's so important that you focus on your your athletics training and your school and don't get too wrapped up in the personal component. It's really hard to balance a social life when you're in high school and college to any extent. I mean, I always tell the guys, you know, if you want to live a full social life, you know, your personal life's got to almost set. It can't be a priority. You're, you got to focus on your athletics and your school. And that being said, if you do have personal struggles, you deal with them. You think positively, you work through them, you keep a, you keep your composure and just do your best to work through things. There's of course, there's going to be so many variations from person to person and situation to situation, but certainly stay calm, composed, think positively and work to improve on a daily and weekly basis to work through different challenges. And if there are super challenges that are really difficult and you're still competing as an athlete, I mean, you certainly have to be able to compartmentalize and not let it impact you. Too many athletes have personal issues that they crosses over into their athletic performance and it bothers them. And you just, everybody's going to have personal challenges and setbacks and you, you can't let them impact you negatively. I'll use the word again, compartmentalized. You have to focus on your athletics or your school or your business, whatever it is, and not let your personal challenges impact into your daily life. Exactly. And it's really, I think, such an important thing that our wins, you know, our successes do not define us as well as our failures or lack of 
that pinnacle of success does not define us as a weaker person. And um, I think it's so important that we don't allow, like you so say, you compartmentalize it as the way you use that word. And it's great is it doesn't have to make you be less of a person only if you excel at that level, which I think is so important. I'd love to hear more. I know Tony would love to hear what is your vision going forward? You've aspired to have accomplished so much in your life now. Well, my current vision has definitely changed. My, our children are raised and they're off to college. And uh, my, my focus right now is Queens University of Charlotte. So I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I coached Ohio State, Penn State for a good while, and I really loved it, but decided to focus on wrestling camps and raising my family, my kids. And now that my children are adults, I've chosen to move south with my wife to Charlotte, North Carolina, and start up a brand new college wrestling program at Queens University of Charlotte. And uh, honestly, I had not heard of Queens up there living in Pennsylvania. Most, I know a lot of colleges, but I basically I know the ones that have wrestling. And uh, when the National Wrestling Coaches Association started encouraging me to start a new program at a small college, I opened my mind and started listening. And this was a dates back a few years ago. And uh, I had turned away numerous opportunities in locations I didn't, wasn't interested in or maybe in programs I didn't think had potential. But I saw amazing potential here at Queens. We have a wonderful high-end education, which was important to me. I want to recruit serious students. And it's also a school that emphasizes athletics. It's not a big football school. We don't have football, but we emphasize Olympic sports. We have an NCAA championship team in swimming. Matter of fact, the swimming team started from scratch seven years ago and has won the last three NCAA championships in men as well as women. So there's a template and a model here for success. The basketball team is ranked second in the country. And this is a powerful NCAA Division II school with incredible facilities like a Division I institution small private school and I, I'm really enjoying it here. This is my first year and I've got a great bunch of men here that are working hard. I got another group of recruits committed to coming in and I'm out there continuing to look for more recruits. I'm excited that I'm able to offer scholarship money and help these young men pay for school because they're good students and good wrestlers. What was your best sport in high school, Tony? I did not play anything in high school. You're all academics. Yeah, kind of all academics. I didn't play anything in high school. I probably should have. I I actually went as far as going to play baseball. I was kind of good at that in in the streets and in the parks and so forth, playing baseball. But when we got to actually doing the forming actually something with high school, we we didn't have the uniforms, the equipment or anything, and it just kind of fizzled away. So I I never went into sports, though. I always had this propensity... You know, I seem to have very, very fast reflexes. I wound up actually becoming a, uh, a typist, and I was one of the fastest typists as a kid. I was able to type over 120 words a minute. I was just a whiz. So I went into that and into the corporate world right after high school, and that was kind of where I've kind of stayed, though I've played a little bit with martial arts uh, on and off over the years, which awesome. I talk about here and there. You, and, know, you know my favorite martial art, wrestling. So this UFC's taking hold, and all my wrestling buddies are crushing it. I mean, there's just so many wrestlers making a professional living in the UFC and the other mixed martial arts entities. It's a, it's exciting. I, I have much love and respect for martial arts, and I, I know judo, and I'm familiar with taekwondo and karate, but I know judo and practice judo, and just an exciting uh, opportunity. What's your main martial art, Tony? Well, I've studied taekwondo with Billy Blanks, and then I went on to Kung Fu with John McCracken, the tri-state champion at the time. And then I've studied mixed martial arts with Jonathan Santa Maria, who actually just won his last bout in the Philippines against someone from Japan about a month, month and a half ago or so. And now I'm actually t- 
teamed up with John Gill. I've done a show on him. He's a 15-time world self-defense champion. And he's teaching me, of all things, something he's developed called Taikido, which is very, very cool. And it more relies on upper body and not so much on kicks and so forth, but it's it just simple, more simpler self-defense, you know, because it's not like I'm going to go compete or anything, but it's always good to keep handy with self-defense, learn self-defense and know these moves. And that actually leads into a question I mentioned earlier on in this interview, Ken, that I wanted to talk about. This is not a trick question or put you on the spot or anything, but in terms of <laughs> a wrestler and a boxer, you hear this all the time. Well, uh-huh. on, the, on the streets, right? On the streets. Yeah. Whoever gets the guy down on the ground pretty much is in control and has it. But then I've seen superlative boxers in UFC matches. I've seen the the superlative boxer win. So I think it's all a matter of the proficiency level. But I would love to get your take on, you know, because there are people listening and there are probably some people maybe deciding, you know, which way to go. And I'd love to hear your take on the strength of wrestling, please. Oh, come on over to wrestling, everybody. We are the best martial art in the world. You're, I'm obviously, you're asking the choir here if I'm, I'm like preaching <laughs> to the choir. But in any case, seriously, the, when you look at UFC, which didn't exist when I was a kid, the wrestlers are defeating the, the jiu-jitsu guys and the boxers. And pretty much the pure boxers just stay in a boxing ring because they don't want to get tackled. I mean, it's, you know, money. I forget the guy's name versus the Irish guy, but the boxer that money Mayweather, right? Floyd Mayweather beat the Irish UFC guy. McGregor. But that was in a boxing match. And the UFC guy, the Irish guy almost beat him. He hung in there. But if, if the Irish guy could attack Conor McGregor, could have tackled him and put him down, it might have, you know, it'd been a whole different ballgame. But he's not even a wrestler. So you, you, my money's on the wrestler. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say, and I'll tell you the story you might appreciate. I shouldn't tell this story because there might be young children listening, but it's entertaining anyway. So long story short, when I was in high school, this is Huntington, West Virginia. I actually moved to West Virginia when I was in high school. And um, I was running cross country in the park on a cross country team. And there was a local team that St. Joe, the private school, played soccer. And uh, there was a guy on the soccer team who was a state Golden Gloves boxing champion. And I was the state wrestling champion. And as you might imagine, some of our buddies have been talking trash, asking the same question you used to ask me three minutes ago. Who's going to win in a fight, the boxer or the wrestler? And, you know, I'm like, no, it's not. we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Well, apparently the, his buddies riled him up enough that he picked the fight with me. In this park, during practice, the soccer ball went into, went into our running course, and he picked it up and stopped and shouldered me while I was running. He literally basically called me out. So all heck breaks loose. All the runners stop. All the soccer players. Everybody circles up, and there's this big fight, and it didn't last long. I tackled him, put him in a headlock. And punched him till he gave up, and uh, it was all over. But it wasn't it wasn't good because I I got in big trouble at school with a little suspension. You know I shouldn't have done that. I, I'm not a fighter. I don't fight. I don't have a history of street fighting. But in this particular instance, I proved that the wrestler prevailed. We're actually the same weight class and everything. And uh, there was a pretty big build up to that. Our buddies coaxed us both into that apparently. So, but he, he's the one to pick. Just for the record, I I never pick a fight. This is The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Just ahead, Ken shares more insights and his contact info. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. 
As the spotlight with Tony D'Urso continues to grow with a very large audience, new sponsor opportunities are now available. Does your brand fit in with an audience that likes our interviews with stars, greats, and game changers? Would you like to see your brand on a high-profile show that's downloaded thousands of times each episode? Would you like to see your brand promoted to my extensive social media network reaching millions of impressions? If so, let's see how we can promote your brand to the best audience to help you grow. Email me at Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com and let's see how we can help. That's Tony at Tony, D-U-R-S-O.com. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern. Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and a special VIP co-host. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDURSO.com. Now, back to The Spotlight. All right, we're back with Tony D'Urso on The Spotlight with international empowerment speaker Cynthia Mazzaferro as co-host. Today's show is with Ken Chirto. U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. Ken conducts clinics throughout our country and he's produced a series of instructional videos and is the broadcast analyst for college sports television, CSTV, and the Big Ten Network, BTN. Ken has also written a motivational book entitled Wrestling, A Commitment to Excellence. All right, and now back to our chat. I can tell by your persona that you have a kind and gentle demeanor and I... And, and I know that you, you've grown up from, you know, in Pittsburgh? Uh, well, State College is where I went to college, and then I stayed there. I've been there for a long time till last year. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I don't go looking for fights. But ultimately, what, is, what are martial arts? They're self-defense. So what is wrestling? The, your first priority is defend yourself. And if somebody's coming at you, you need to tackle them, get them down in a headlock and wrist lock, and put it to them. So that's what happened. Yeah, growing up on the streets of Chicago, every time I saw a fight, I mean, it always wound up with whoever had the uh, advantage, advantageous position on the ground took it. That was it. It was just all a matter of advantage. Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to totally switch gears on everything because there's a side of you I mentioned in your little bio at the beginning we haven't addressed, which is really unique. You were a TV analyst and you were voted as broadcaster of the year by the National Wrestling Media Association. I'd love to know more about that because that is phenomenal. 
Well, I am still actually broadcasting some when I have off weekends. I still, t- I still accepted a few um, matches with the Pac-12 network when we did not have competition here. It was kind of exciting. But in any case, the sh- long story short of that is my teammate in college was a man named Chris Bevilacqua. And Chris, he built up a good business. He worked with Nike. He was into marketing. He helped them make TV commercials. And ultimately, he started his own network called CSTV, College Sports Television. I, I got an interview and a tryout to be one of their analysts. This dates back over 10 years ago. And I earned a spot on College Sports Television, uh, CSTV, and it was bought by CBS College Sports Network. And hence my work as an analyst, the analyst there. And then about a Eight or 10 years ago, the Big Ten Network was created, and they picked me from, from CBS College Sports and gave me work with them consistently. And then about five years ago, when the Pac-12 Network was created, I made the move to them. I chose to go to Stanford and Arizona State for matches instead of going to Minnesota and Iowa. I just It was a no-brainer for me. And the, the Pac-12 Network actually paid better than the Big Ten Network as well. So I really enjoyed the Pac-12 Network you know, and the growth of their programs and the, very exciting. And I, and I love wrestling and no better way to enjoy it is than to break it down and analyze it, critique it. So, uh, yeah, it was a great honor to be the broadcaster of the year. And I, I pride myself in my ability to communicate and break down and analyze what I see and then entertain the, the viewers. It's not just about information, but it's also about, you know, giving them education and keeping it entertaining, kind of like, John Gruden does. People get a kick out of him because he just does coach talk. He's got some charisma and energy. And, you know, and then back in the day, you know, the crazy one was Howard Cosell, you know, and then since him in basketball, there's Dick Vitale. So these are some unique personalities that know the game inside and out, but also keep it fun and entertaining for the viewers. And and that's what I strive to do as a wrestling coach and wrestling analyst is keep it fun and entertaining. Very cool, Ken. Just absolutely amazing what you've, what you've been able to do and, where you're going with your life and so forth. So let me pick up a little bit on nutrition because I know as an athlete, nutrition is so important. And in today's life, we have so much of obesity in our children as well as our adults. And so I'd love to hear what Ken, I know you're also involved in, I believe it's called AvoCare, which is about nutrition. I'd love to hear more about that. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. So wrestling is a key weight control sport. I mean, nutrition is important in all sports, even less physical sports. Let's say golf, for example, use that example earlier. It's not as physically demanding, but they still emphasize nutrition and strength training. Well, wrestling is a sport where you got to be at prime fighting weight. You got to be lean. You want to be at your minimal, reasonable body fat percentage, let's say five to 8%. You need to be tireless and strong. So nutrition comes into play in maximizing your training, maximizing your strength, maximizing your energy, and minimizing your body fat. So uh, basically, I came from family. We didn't eat so healthy, even though my dad was a doc. You know, we just didn't have a healthy, you know, we'd eat fried stuff instead of grilled stuff. And we weren't terrible, but we, when, we, when I started wrestling, our family really buckled down, and I embraced nutrition. And uh, I became, I strive to be a lean, mean fighting machine. Mm-hmm. I just put a lot of emphasis since I've been 13 years old, I'm eating clean, eating healthy, and eating the right foods. And I studied nutrition. I have exercise science. I'm a biology major with an exercise science minor at Penn State. So I, I've spent my life studying nutrition. Now, you ask about Advocare, supplementation wasn't really around when I was growing up. That's new, new cutting-edge materials. I mean, sadly, there was an era of 
professional athletes using steroids and growth hormone and all that stuff that's very dangerous for your health. And then more recently in the past 20 years, supplements has evolved. Nutrition science has evolved tremendously. And Advocare is cutting edge nutrition, both for athletes, for sports performance, but also for helping everyday people like you and I and all the businessmen out there and all the mothers out there and parents control their weight. Like you said, obesity is a big problem in our country. And one of the product lines in Advocare is the trim line. And we have this product line package called the 24-Day Challenge, where we really help people get their eating habits under control, combine it with supplements that minimize the appetite and maximize the metabolism. And it's just a winning combination. So I've embraced nutrition for over 30 years. I mean, I'm 50 now, basically since I was 13. And uh, now the past decade, I've really embraced learning proper supplementation, not just what ones to use, but when to use them. And Advocare is incredible. We have so many elite athletes, Olympic athletes, NFL athletes, professional athletes from all walks of life using Advocare to maximize performance. And then it's also, it's a multi-level marketing. Just talking business a little bit. Uh, You guys have a a business radio show as well. It's a multi-level marketing company where you can get other people involved and educate other people. And just like I coach wrestling, my wife and I coach the nutrition component of Advocare and help people learn the business. And uh, just like Mary Kay made millions and helped many women make millions in the makeup industry, which is a multi-level marketing company, the same could be said for Advocare. We have we are on year 25, and we are one of the most highly respected nutrition companies in the world. And uh, it's just exciting to be a leader with Advocare and help people make the right nutrition decisions and educate them about the proper supplements. So anybody that's ever interested in learning more, they simply need to contact me, and I can help them learn about Advocare both for products as well as helping people earn extra income for their families. Wonderful. That sounds exciting. That sounds very exciting. So your career is really multifaceted, you know, being the personal life, your professional coaching life, really being mentors for the youth, and now the the nutritional and supplemental aspect, which is is really great. And so it sounds like you're continuing to aspire to greatness in in many different um, venues. Yeah, but you don't want to let yourself get too spread thin. Um, My focus is my coaching, and that's the wrestling coaching in Queens University. Uh, But my wife is very involved with the Advocare along with me, and I I often introduce people to her, and she helps them. And I have a team of leaders that helps my team. So it's kind of nice in that way that I can do Advocare part-time at my convenience here and there on the weekends or evening. And it has parlayed for me and my wife into a full-time income because we know what we're doing, and we coach well, and we share with other people. And help other people succeed. That's the key to succeed. Surround yourself with good people, help them become the best they possibly can be. That formula works for Advocare. That formula works for wrestling. That formula works for business. You have to surround yourself with good people and train them to be efficient. You can't do it all yourself. You got to surround yourself with successful, like-minded people that have the intense work ethic it takes to succeed. Exactly. Balance is so important. Well, very cool. Thank you, Cindy. And that is quite amazing there, Ken. And I just absolutely love everything that we've gone over and where we've gone. One last quick question, and then we're going to kind of get your contact information here. If someone in our audience, if they want to become a good wrestler, do you have any kind of online training or someplace where they can go? Or do they actually need to be in person at your camp? Well, certainly there's no substitute for face-to-face contact in person, hands-on at my gold medal training camps. And I run them across the country. The majority of them are in Pennsylvania and Charlotte, North Carolina. But I do get around to different places. 
uh, for clinics. And some people hire me to do clinics in their own towns. So hands-on is best. But yeah, my, I do offer some online training and a lot of instructional DVDs as well. And my website is simply my name. It's KenCherto.com. So anybody that goes to KenCherto.com, you can get there and you can go to the camp information. You can go to the DVD information. You can go to our, our merchandise site, WearingGear.com, as well as we also, I mean, it's the whole package. So that you can get to Advocare through KenCherto.com. And then also for any college athletes that are interested in Queens University, whether you're a wrestler or any other sport, or even just students that want a great education, you just go to you know Queens University and find that. But there is also a link directly from my KenCherto.com site. So yeah, I have a number of irons in the fire, try to balance them and find the right mix. Um, but my focus is definitely coaching. Very cool, Ken. So for the audience here, if you go to Ken, K-E-N-C-H-E-R-T-O-W.com, Ken, they can reach you. They can send you a communication and reach you through the site, right? Yeah, that's the segue to everything. And my direct email is simple. It's kc at kencherto.com. So it's my initials, kc at myname.com. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Ken. Thank you. I love it. Such an amazing interview with Ken Cherto, U.S. Olympian and wrestling champion. Just love it. So many insights, so much that you shared. I just want to thank you once again for taking the time and giving us all this great information about yourself and the world of wrestling. I've learned so much more about it. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Tony and Cindy. Thanks for asking so many engaging questions that got me rolling with some information and stories. But I appreciate your commitment to helping others. And I'm excited that I could share my knowledge and you know, story a little bit with your public with your, and your listeners. Most excellent. Thank you again, Ken. I love it. And I appreciate it. And Cindy, I want to thank you again for being such a great co-host. You're lovely to work with. You're wonderful. Your charisma, your charm. I just love it. And I look forward to having you on yet another episode of The Spotlight. Thank you, Tony. I always enjoy being on your show. Thank you for having me. Very cool. And to our Spotlight audience, thanks again. It's our honor to have you listen. All right, everyone. Keep your focus on success. And we'll see you next on The Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso and his special VIP co-host. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend.